This morning I crawled out of my sleeping bag in the Tokyo underground and I got the news that Elon Musk has bought Twitter. So I guess that's the signal for us to talk about Cyberdex. Yeah, it really really seems like the time to to pull out the old keyboard and run off to to some corporate headquarters and I don't know, the the term jack in makes me much less comfortable now than it did in in the olden times like jack in no it just sounds a little bit i don't know sketch yeah it's it's something vulgar about it isn't it yeah also yeah there's there's an amazing sound library called jack which actually is um, does the real-time thing which alzan pulse audio really doesn't do yeah i been meaning to play around with jack and sort of low latency audio on linux but <laughs> turns out you need to install a whole series of kernel patches to get anything close to um sort of real-time latencies for audio in linux yep because linux isn't made for that in the beginning or from the start yeah so yeah i really thought it would be at a sort of supported at some level that didn't involve kernel patches yeah that would have been really nice and it it my hunch about all these kind of things is that if you want a really well functioning customizable linux system you need to have some kind of infrastructure to let you compile everything and upgrade easily so either gen 2 or nexus or Maybe Arch? I don't know. I, I've never really run custom kernels and have them work properly with Arch and also upgraded them. So, well, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really like messing around with my kernel too much overall. But as far as Cyberdex go, I, I think there's still something... Jacking in aside, <laughs> I think there's something very compelling compelling about that whole concept. Um, I've definitely built a Cyberdeck, or no, I've built two of them uh, for LARP. But what I really want to do is build something that could be could be actually useful. It doesn't have to be great, but that feels sort of useful. And so I guess what makes something a cyberdeck is that it's essentially uh, it's essentially a keyboard like a synth player would think of a keyboard like pretty big at least Shadowrun ones are often quite chunky it's like the keytar of keyboards yeah I always envision them as a Commodore 64 or like that generation of computer mainly yeah. a big chunky keyboard and then you can connect things to it possibly your brain right yeah so a big chunky keyboard some cords and uh, a shoulder strap uh, of the style of an electric guitar and then you're set yeah essentially good to go just hack the gibson (laughs) yeah then you're ready to hack yeah and then you hack away now like i see a bunch of different possibilities and a bunch of different annoyances and challenges with Cyberdex. One of the most recent advances that I think makes Cyberdex incredibly easy to make, if you want to make a basic one, 
is the Pi 400, Raspberry Pi's uh, keyboard computer. Isn't that a Cyberdeck, but not cool? It's a Cyberdeck, but cute, so it's yeah. still cool. Okay, fair enough. It's a Kawaii Cyberdeck. Yeah, I think you can get it in black as well, but you really should get it in white and red because it's adorable. Yeah, and put Hello Kitty stickers all over it. Yeah, and, and then you're sort of back on the brand for a Cyberdeck. But the trickiest part of a Cyberdeck for me is the visual part. Uh, not aesthetics, but rather seeing what the hell you're doing on the device. Because if you... Like, I'm I'm fine with using it only as a terminal computer, but I would still like to see what I'm doing. So a 128 times 128 pixels OLED isn't good enough for you? So when I've set them up myself, I've had a... It's the Pi TFT... So it's it's the size of a normal Raspberry Pi LCD display that I've used, which gives me a very, very, very small screen, but at least lets me interact with the thing because I want it to be usable. I don't want it to just be a showpiece for LARP, but I haven't been super happy with it. It's, uh, it's very small. It's a bit of a pain in the neck. Honestly, what would be very cool is to optimize the screen for, for command line use, but take something like the touch bar from the Max that had them, which is just a strip of screen and give you a command line that's very horizontal and shows you maybe two lines. I'm all for it. Or maybe four, or maybe just the one and really nice fonts. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. This must be done. Yeah, I don't know how easy it is to display custom stuff on a touch bar without a Mac. Hmm. I think it can be pretty tricky because they have this whole security stuff. But maybe it's not that hard. They they are certainly programmable. I mean, yeah. you can make lemmings happen on them. That's good. But I've also considered... So so the Cyberdeck-y stuff I've done has been uh, pretty flimsy, uh, like acrylic plastic board-ish stuff and the aforementioned uh, guitar straps. Something I would like to do to sort of take this one step further would be to try to make the beefy variant where you essentially shove a gaming computer under a keyboard and let it be big. And then you probably need a power cord. You need to slam a power cord uh, and then you need to plug in your power cord because because batteries are difficult. Yeah, I wonder how much a one of those computers, what the effect is. Um, what's your current workstation on? One kilowatt? So I think I might have a thousand watt power supply on this one. Might be 800. I don't remember. Cool, because you can get quite hefty batteries for uh, electrical scooters. Mm. On the other hand, you might not want to shell out the amount of money needed to to power your beefy cyber deck for an hour. (laughs) Now, there's a recent entrant into how to make a portable computer that's decently capable that i that i read about which is that the framework laptop those folks is that open source uh, so the framework laptop is not entirely open source they, i think they're working here and there on that but what it is is modular and replaceable parts and all of that and i think they're opening it as much as they can piece by piece I don't know. I haven't tracked the openness part of it. But they released the main board as a standalone purchase. And 
if you plug in USB-C, slot in, uh, rather start by slotting in some RAM, uh, make sure it has a disk. I believe it comes with a CPU uh, because it's a laptop. And then you plug in USB-C power and you have a single board computer. So the beefiest Raspberry Pi without being a Raspberry Pi. Uh, hmm, yeah. Yeah, cool. I mean, it's an it's an Intel machine. Yeah. Uh, it's a laptop. Uh, it's laptop innards that are intended to be run, to be able to run on their own. That's really nice. And then I guess you could buy probably sort of their battery assembly to power it. So suddenly you have some good kits for for building a cyberdeck project where you don't have to sort of use a power bank in a Raspberry Pi, but rather you can get a very decent, decently performing computer and get sort of the tricky parts, like a good power brick and stuff, starts to sort of get solved with this, this USB-C for one thing. And the fact that they they provide the main board and it's fine to fine to run standalone because a lot of laptops don't want to run without their protective casing. Yeah, I can see why, but <laughs> it makes it so much harder to mod them in any kind of nice way. And I mean, custom mechanical keyboards—that's that's barely sport these days. It's that's just a massive market at this point. Yep. So, so getting sort of keys there, getting a, a circuit board, if you want to get fancy and sort of custom, you can pull a number of designs and adapt them. So if you wanted to do a split cyber deck, you could. So I, I see a lot of possibilities that it's still sort of what a good display option is. It's still odd to me. I don't know of a lot of good head mounted displays. There are head mounted displays, but I've never heard anyone say this is very good are there any kind of things like the google glasses but open source or because the google glasses can is there a a used market for them do they still exist or have they crumbled like the uh what's her name you know you know the wagon the prince the old german story about the the poor girl <laughs> and the that wagon it turns back into a pumpkin i imagine the google glasses turning back <laughs> are we into, doing cinderella yes turning back into wax beans or something i think google glasses turned back into wax beans uh, mostly no i i believe there are people that have them still and that might have some people might have hacked them to still have them sort of working or they might still be working. I don't know, but I don't expect, <laughs> I don't expect them to, but I did see a project of someone building a sort of Google glass style display with the whole prism reflecty thing. Cool. I don't remember where, and I don't think it was super approachable as a project, but that would be neat. I would also be okay with sort of, a terminal strip on the board or embed a decently sized display at the one of the ends of the board making the board a bit longer because the like a big chunky cyberdeck looks cool yeah ideally you would want it sort of tiltable so you can actually look at it while you're typing uh, but but yeah it depends i mean you if it wasn't a swivel arm, that would probably be the coolest because then I'm thinking sort of like the flip out screens and cameras. 
until I tried to take pictures of of kids, I never really understood just how good a flip out screen is on a camera. It's like, oh, I can hold this at knee height and look at the picture. Yeah, it's so good. All the weird angles. Yeah. So good. It's like, oh, I'm I'm filming at 90 degrees uh, to the side, but I, I still want to see what I'm aiming at. Cool. Yep. Uh, I was also thinking of taking a panel, like the smallest part of a monitor, and putting it into some kind of aluminum casing or something to make it... To, to get that, I can take this monitor and tape it onto a wall and then use that when I'm hacking to get that feeling. or And maybe add some suction cups and some like <laughs> ropes or something uh, so I can tie the screen to a beam or whatever. Yeah. Very long HDMI cables. You'd want it to, to sort of have some kind of magnetic mount so you can just throw it at the wall and it sticks. That would be so cool. Assuming you're you're in a metal place, but I mean, what else would walls be made of? Yeah, everything is made out of metal in the cool cyberpunk future. Yeah, otherwise there will be too many bullet holes. <laughs> yeah, either corrugated metal or corrugated paper. No, that's not the word. Well, pap. <laughs> <laughs> that's cardboard. cardboard yes of course well pap well pap that's another one of my barbarians i can't remember the <laughs> the name of the last one but have, have you made a barbarian called well pap no but i should absolutely should okay like smorgasbord and yeah. um, which actually is an english word yeah so in what circumstances would you use your cyberdeck? Because I've, rea- I've come to realize that my love for wearable computing is a lot bigger than my use for wearable computing. Uh, same here. Um, I don't have. Uh, I don't really have a use for a cyberdeck more than I have a use for one of my quite boring uh, ThinkPads. So. Uh, on the other hand, if I could outfit it with lots of battery, lots of... Maybe I should have one of those. They are becoming more and more common and more and more affordable. The solar power stuff. Um, so I could recharge it. But that I could do with my laptop too. Um and perhaps a built-in FPGA, so I could simulate a process processor or do timing critical things. Yeah, so what's really missing, I think, is really, really the in like output part. Just if we had something to mount on our heads to see a screen, suddenly I would find a device that is mostly a keyboard and a computer inside more useful in on sort of on the train or whatever than a box that contains a screen and a keyboard which is what a laptop is like they fold out but having just a keyboard being able to bring it out and tap 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 would be better but then i would need sort of Bluetooth iBuds for that to make sense. 
Yeah, or or the monitor, indestructible monitor, so you can hang it on the chair in front of you. Holographic monitor coming up out of the keyboard. Yeah, that would be so cool. I'm all for it. Maybe you can do one with with one of those uh, LED sticks that goes back and forth really quickly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Must do that. Yeah. I do have sort of um, bare bones uh, HDMI-based LCD screens. So the last copy I got was broken. I've gotten a replacement. I haven't tried the replacement yet. I hope it works. But that, it's like an Adafruit thing, which so it's a. I think it's a 1080 uh, display, and it's oh, yeah. slightly smaller than your typical laptop screen. It has sort of a basic metal chassis that should be easy enough to CAD and mount. I have that stuff, but I don't have anything as nice as a sort of fold out or or zero space <laughs> screen. But but probably my next Cyberdeck would involve that device i don't think i would be make it based off of the raspberry pi pi 400 because while i like it it's it's almost a complete device already in the sense that i yeah there's not much building there yeah that's no fun yeah and it it's not quite the aesthetic and i would like a full-sized keyboard if i'm doing this yeah i was thinking how big is isn't that um barebone screen from adafruit Probably about the width of a Raspberry Pi 400. Cool. I would say quarter of a 27-inch, the 27-inch screen I have. Got it. I guess since since you measure 27 inches on the diagonal, I would say it's about 13 inches, but it could be 10. I don't I don't recall. Yeah, you you need to do all of that nice trigonometry or at least geometry to get <laughs> because <laughs> I think your screen is a 169 or is it one of those legendary 1610s? I think it's a 69, yeah. Yeah, because I was thinking, could you build something chunky that you could mount the the small monitor on and then get a, one of those cool, very uh, foldable or bendable or so arms, preferably servo-powered. Yeah, or at least uh, friction yeah. style. Actually, what... What a, one should probably look at if to get a good solution for this. So camera monitors for filming, those are very often, for one thing, radio powered and have a bunch of mounts or not radio powered, but uh, they they can do, many of them do HDMI, but there's also the ones that are essentially short range radio or fairly even fairly long range radio. Cool. Uh, they just have a ton of antennas, and then the other side has to have a ton of antennas. I don't know if they typically have a thing for you to plug your HDMI into, or if that's always a sort of custom silliness. But actually, you could probably buy a fairly cheap camera monitor, which just a straight HDMI and has the mounting holes, and then you could get. Uh, one of those multi-directional camera things to mount it on that you could sort of build into the chassis. And then you probably could get yourself something that would fold essentially fold flat and then could be brought up and fixed into place. Sounds cool. 
if you if you want to go totally i don't know uh cyberpunk you can buy many monitors and mount them on one of those things which camera people are uh wearing oh actually so like a steadicam harness that's been something i've been considering for for just a laptop yes exactly can you mount a vesa laptop tray or even a better laptop tray ideally on a steadicam harness <laughs> so you can walk around a laptop and mount more monitors just because it's cool yeah counterweighting and all of that yeah yeah and and to have then you can have uh, um <laughs> reverse mirrors back camera or reverse camera in english rear view so mirrors can, yeah rear view mirrors but cameras so you can you can walk <laughs> backwards and not bump into things this is of course very useful i do have a device i would definitely want to include in my next uh cyberdeck build which is a small i think it's called a ptz uh camera so it's the obspot tiny i believe it's called and so it has uh, three degrees of or a three axis gimbal built in motorized and it uses ai to track faces and stuff lovely uh, you can tell it to start and stop tracking and a few things like that but it's a cool little webcam that can uh, be angled in any direction and can track you and stuff and if you mounted that in <laughs> in a hole on a cyber deck it would totally look like a small r2d2 sort of deal but just like one camera eye and it could track people going around so cute i'm all for it yeah and you would have a webcam for for you know your conferences yeah it's of course very useful when you're out uh, cyber decking and hacking to be able to attend conference meetings uh, and talk about the KPIs for the next quarter. Um, and of course, you need your opponent needs to be able to break through into your comms and show up full screen and like, ah, you'll never get me. Exactly. Yeah. And say things like, all your base are belong to us. Ha, 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 and so on. I think there are too few sort of open standards, industry standards for... <laughs> direct communication in that manner like oh they're hailing us put it on the screen i i don't know like we have a ton of different ap applications that can make a call video call happen but it's like oh the google ship over there is trying to hail us but we're a zoom ship this will never work okay open a web browser i guess and then everyone on both ships are desperately opening <laughs> applications to be able to video meet with the other ship and there there is just windows everywhere and everyone has a small panic attack has anyone done a star trek episode where it's like oh get him on the main screen and it's like oh sorry uh, you're you're muted you're muted like oh you're coming across very choppy uh, are you on wi-fi Sorry, my, my, my connection is always this bad. Uh, can we try Zoom instead? <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. That must be done. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's, oh, what's his name? 
Um, he's an English comedian. He has uh, long red hair and a red beard. Uh, and he does uh, weird stuff. Uh, but uh, and one of his things is Gunnar Gunnarsson, which is about uh, Nordic uh, highbrow crime. Uh, but he also has a Star Trek episode uh, where he does some very silly jokes on not exactly on this, but but the their video com- communication is involved. Absolutely. Hmm. So I'll send you the link. Yeah, I wonder if this was what Slack envisioned that they were doing when they did the whole Slack Connect thing, which I got notified about like 12 times. I haven't heard of it. Okay, it's, you can, I guess you don't, maybe you don't own any Slack workspaces. That's true. It's one of, one of the ultimate uh, ways to keep your sanity. Actually, I most of them I don't. Oh, and I was notified in every single Slack workspace I'm in, and I'm in like 10 of them at least. But the option to connect one company Slack to another company Slack so that they can have shared channels where where they're sort of crossing over. I think we're using it at work. Yeah, uh, your job tried to try to invite me, but I don't do premium Slack on my, on my company Slack. It's free. <laughs> so I don't have that feature. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> we actually do premium Slack. I'm so this is <laughs> yeah big spenders over there. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. I I haven't been on any other place which has done premium Slack. Uh, I have. So this means that we can use Slack as an archive. Uh, I don't know if this is a good idea or a bad idea. Well, it's pretty useful to be able to to yeah. look back. Um, but I, I suppose we will be hunted down when Skynet takes over the world. And they go, oh, they've said bad things about robots, probably in jest, but let's not take any chances on them. Yeah. And then shoot us with lasers. Pew, pew. That's typically what happens. Absolutely. Not thrilled about the current crop of dystopian overlords. I mean, we have Bezos. Uh, He seems like a run-of-the-mill capitalist sort of, oh, exploit the workers. Uh, They don't need pee breaks. Make money by cutting costs and uh, competing in less than stellar ways and uh, ripping off our <laughs> ripping off people that are selling on our pr- platform by cloning their gear and then selling it as amazon basics that kind of thing like that that's uh, og capitalist business uh, it feels like he's just doing it at a at an unusual scale yeah web scale <laughs> yeah web scale capitalism absolutely is is the bad thing about it is that he's destroying infrastructure and that kind of sucks because if amazon would spontaneously implode or something like that it maybe we couldn't rebuild after that hmm. there's a, a real risk at least what infrastructure are you thinking about like everyone else doing retail on the internet and in the physical world Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you mean they're gobbling up real, uh, sort of commercial real estate and it's not certain that they will find all of it profitable. Exactly. And then they might withdraw and <laughs> now these just don't exist. Yeah. Uh, or they collapse and then nothing exists. Yeah. I usually blame uh, the 80s. Um, Reagan removed all of those laws. I don't know why. Or made like, them. Is it anti-monopoly sort of? Exactly. 
Cory Doctorow have spoken about this at length, uh, at least in a podcast, uh, the co-recursive podcast. Mm. I highly recommend it. Uh, so I blame <laughs> 80s US law. Yeah. But I don't really know how how uh, anti-monopoly law would work against Amazon or Facebook or the other ones. Uh, it's pretty complicated and nuanced. It It's not an open-shut sort of thing. And then we have someone like Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, does not seem to have a personality, but is really, really creepy. <laughs> yeah, doesn't he seem like a robot like an AI printed out a human to interact with other humans. Maybe I'm I'm kicking the dead horse here. It's a bit weird. I don't know exactly what I find so unsettling about Zuckerberg, but it's definitely there. And yeah, it seems like he's on a spree to sort of brand himself and become a sort of public personality in some ways because i've i've seen sort of the splash zone around some pr moves something him going on some kind of surfboard with a, the american flag uh, and then there was some people talking about i guess it was some barbecue sauce or something so like he's trying to to reach people it seems but it's also like, oh, his most inspiring project right now, the metaverse. Like, oh, go to work digitally. Uh, it's like corporate art, zero creativity, just uh, like the the least appealing way of making something VR or AR or anything. Uh, it's like, I don't even know what, what's going on there. But I don't think he's succeeding in whatever branding exercise it is. Unless the branding exercises show just how disconnected you are from from humanity. Bill Gates, he did a good job rebranding. Damn. Oh, yes, he did. Very good. And then then it came out that he wasn't the best of... (laughs) That he was just a human after all. Um, And everything fell apart. Oh, what, what... What humanity did he uh, show? I think it mostly was that he and his wife got divorced. Uh, Not too horrible, uh, but a bit. uh, Because I think there were some scandals involved. Okay. Yeah, I haven't haven't actually seen that. That has passed me entirely by. But what I've heard is that he got involved in not uh, making vaccines free and open, which seemed weird. That's kind of counter to what his his whole deal has been with, you know, polio. Yeah. But yeah, and the foundation and all that. Yeah, but uh, like it, there could be a lot of complex reasons for that. I, I don't know, but I definitely like the guy more than most of our current psychopaths. I don't think he's Absolutely. necessarily less of a psychopath. I just think he happens to be hell bent on. Uh, solving a particular problem that is actually human centric or maybe he's he's actually sort of um, a sort of balanced person and used to be really competitive and a bit of a shit (laughs) and now he's mostly uh, simmered down and focused on 
doing good with all the cash he earned being a shit. Yeah. Also, he's much older than the uh, the other billionaires we've been talking about. Yeah. So by a couple of decades. We could talk about Musk, but I don't actually want to talk about Musk because I'm so sick of him. Yeah, we we shouldn't do that. Uh, I do I do recommend though to watch the video of uh, boosters exploding when they're trying to land. It's awesome. Uh, also, SpaceX are doing good stuff. They're putting us back into space. Yeah, so I think that's a good thing. Like Tesla has also achieved a ton of good stuff. I don't think that's a particularly relevant take in regards to what you what I think or feel about the man that ostensibly runs the place. Uh yeah, I yeah, have no I have no science stuff. no appreciation or respect for the man. Cool, let's take the next billionaire. <laughs> so, I don't know. So who do we most have to take down if we're heading out with our cyberdecks and sort of sneaking into compounds? Um, I personally think I find Amazon to be potentially the most dangerous because there's just so much amassing of uh, of financial wealth. Uh, I don't know who the who the person is to target with regards to Google. I feel like Google is more of a of a sort of limitless collective of weirdos. I'm not sure anyone runs Google. Do you think it runs itself like some kind of emergent system? Yeah, an emergent system is about right. I don't think it's like, oh, the AIs have taken over or anything like that. I just think they, at some point, forgot to have a clear direction and there's just a ton of people and a ton of process and uh, a bunch of OKRs and incentives and whatnots that just keep moving around and everyone's accountable to someone, but I don't think it necessarily uh, goes to one person at the top or a few people at the top. I, it might be circular. <laughs> and that would explain <laughs> why be? they can't ever sort of do anything I care about anymore. Yeah, they've become very boring. And, and but that's not too bad. Well, they they also completely failed to compete in areas I care about. Oh, well, but do you want to have them in those areas? Uh, it's like I I would love for for there to be better competition in in sort of phones, but I'm not sure it, I want Google to be it because Exactly. Their business is our information. Yeah. Uh, they're quite good at search, and that's good, I suppose. Uh, I think they are directed by the market or the shareholders and the all all that infrastructure, all that system. So it's all it's all sort of uh, just a morass of vague inputs. There's no no steering at all, really. So. I'm not worried about Google sort of taking over because they seem to have lost initiative. They just don't seem to have initiative at all. That, that's sort of my sense of, of the megacorp. That's my feeling that they, much like I don't know what Facebook is even doing right now, they don't make the news. Indeed. I, I think that Google feels like they're just derping around 
makes me it brings me comfort it makes it easier for me to sleep yeah i i mean that's that's sort of reassuring and i think facebook is sort of flailing but right now they're flailing quietly and i think if facebook really really starts to fail i think the uh, that might turn into a spectacular thing in a bad bad way just because they're if they start dying their death throes would be uh, uh, terrible <laughs> compared to what they've already been um but i'm not sure they're dying yeah, i mean I they think so too. could be sustainable for a long time or maybe sort of indefinitely but i get the sense that they've they they're also not sort of aggressive or moving that's not the sense i get amazon has always seemed aggressive and moving and still are in my mind like they they opened in sweden a few years ago but that didn't really work out right i but they opened <laughs> yeah i mean they they did it in the one of the gnarliest sort of late stage capitalism waves i've ever seen just horrifically computer mangled translations and just dropping in bam here's amazon sweden and we don't care that it sucks because you're gonna use it because you know we're cheaper that's very cyberpunk yeah it's like <clears throat> you know you're gonna use it yeah oh dear maybe i if if we would sneak into a compound amazon's compound and do the hackery stuff it would be it would be we would need to be so careful because if we do it wrong we'll do something like like um, the evergreen or evergiven in the swiss uh, channel but on the internet <laughs> make sure you pick the building that says amazon not amazon web services yeah that too or you take down amazon web services and amazon goes down <laughs> but but both are still gotta be careful because and that's one of those infrastructure things again maybe is it really good that so much of the world's it infrastructure is in one cloud even though the cloud is spread out all over the planet it's still one cloud yeah i, I can't get a sense like amazon has the biggest cloud customer base right i think so and I would imagine Google is number two and Azure is number three. Probably, yes. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's concentrated in these three clouds. And uh, it might be that Azure is actually relatively so small that it's Amazon and Google that mostly count. Regardless, it's really worrying <laughs> that so much is on there. And I mean, apparently, like when OVH had that fire and stuff, people enough people reacted that clearly lots of people are using ovh there are other cloud providers and there's a lot of different other cloud providers but the scale of of amazon like when amazon has a blip in the us we definitely feel it here yeah one of my favorites is when the uh, cloud provider at work we use one of the big ones. Uh, when they have a blip and we start to get support requests, like, why why aren't the services working? Why is everything broken? And we scramble to find out why, and then we find out that it's the cloud provider and we can't do anything. 
And also, I know this is even more fun because one of the systems our customers use to do that error reporting is on the same cloud provider. So it usually goes down at the same time. Perfect. <laughs> so they start to call instead. <laughs> yeah. So that's something I like being on a smaller provider. It's like more of a data center provider. I mean, they they do cloud stuff. Cyberpunk wasn't prepared for for blockchain. I don't know when when we sort of find end of the road good proper dystopia. I wonder where if blockchain still involved and crypto is still involved and I I expect it wouldn't die even if even if, if it sort of imploded. I think Bitcoin would still sort of stick around just very just uh, it would probably stay criminal to the largest extent and sort of go it could potentially go back to where it was when it was just enthusiasts and enthusiast criminals that were using it like dread pirate rogers but it could also become sort of the the de facto in a collapsed economy and everything sucks and no no one's able to mine any more of it because no one has that amount of electricity yeah wow yeah, that would be dark. And also how... But you can't really do any transactions without quite a lot of electricity, right? Because you need to write to the ledger. I don't know how it works with with these lightning payments. Uh, there are some, some very <clears throat> uh, freedom-oriented types that are doing this whole alternate um, podcast index. Uh, and that index... It's a super good idea, uh, but they're make, also making extensions for being paid by your listeners using crypto, and I believe that's using Lightning payments, which I think is Bitcoin but faster. So it's I think it's a faster abstraction on top of Bitcoin, huh. and uh, I'm sure that can make several transactions a second, like more than ten. So this is like micro-sponsorship in private conversations, but for crypto. So it's it's micro-dosing uh, crypto while you podcast. I'm all for it. I'm I'm mostly against it. Like I'm not I'm not against that particular use case. I would microdose normal money, but I don't like crypto. <laughs> Good point. It's I don't think crypto is the solution to. The problems we're facing. So if we go into a proper dystopia, crypto ceases to be uh, in, into more of a dystopia. At some point, crypto ceases to be the problem. Like at a certain point, you, you don't have to care about it. It's a little bit like, I guess we would probably still be focused on it just to keep us distracted from what we really should be caring about. I really like when it, people take uh, action for the environment, but I've also recently been very annoyed with the whole plastic straws thing. And I think this is a very, like four years ago take or so. But from what I understand, it's not even very recyclable to use paper straws. And they don't actually, they're not actually fit for purpose. Like when you give your kid uh mir and the straw does not last five seconds 
because it disintegrates. I, I have to go cut part of it off to enable her to drink more. Of course, part of it is because she's a monster and destroys it. But part of it is also it's very, very susceptible to being destroyed. And it if she just leaves it alone, it will also disintegrate. And yeah. we're doing this. And it's like, I've, I've been diving in the sea. I've seen the plastic garbage that end up there. And it makes me very sad when I see it. Uh, I, I do care about that stuff. But I think the focus is so, so off when that gets more time than sort of uh, roasting and uh, wrangling politicians, which should be solving, who should be working on this stuff. The the pressure needs to go upwards. It shouldn't have to have to hit the my, like minutia of the masses, like everyday people's choices in recycling are typically super nice. We try we try our best. We try to do well. We buy organic when we can. Like most people are trying their best for the environment. And that matters so, so very little compared to what sort of major companies and nations should be doing. The pressures they should be putting on companies and the inconveniences we would have to bear as a consequence. But then bring out the big inconveniences that actually matter. Like kill all the cars or whatever. Figure out what what we should be doing rather than than just paper cut our way to to dystopia. <laughs>